can't be afraid now Put me on the stage now I'm ready to rage now I feel like an animal stuck in a cage And I'm ready to break out Buongiorno, sono in the house, how are you? All good in the hood, I hope. I'm just checking that all my audio is good because, um, uh, there we go, all good. Let me just mute that, there we go, better. <laughs> Buongiorno, gents, how are you? Jamie in the house, and hopefully you are all good in the hood. It's been a stressful week, it has. I think one of the biggest things with this pandemic period is it started to get on top of people. And uh, it certainly, over the last weekend, has with me. It's caused um, just lots of mini arguments, lots of stresses, and it does take its toll, which is kind of why I've done a little bit of research on something which I'm obviously going to be sharing and talking about today on this Lockdown Live. Now, this Lockdown Live, we're going to be having 30 minutes today, and we are going to be dropping some knowledge bombs, things that are going to be really relevant with what's going on at this moment and stage because the way I kind of look at it this pandemic period is all about grief because we are we do feel like we're grieving and there is actually five stages of grief and they're very similar to kind of the five stages which we have been going through this entire year um, and I think the importance is to find whereabouts you are on this cycle and to understand it better because if you can understand it better you can get through it but for those of you who are half asleep what I'm going to do is give you a little bit of a wake-up call and also during this kind of time I think it's um, important to focus on fun now one of my favorite games I'll tell you a bit of a story actually I don't have games on my phone and the reason that I don't is I have a very obsessive nature. You probably gathered that I already do. So I can't have games on my phone because I will literally lose days of my life playing them. But a couple of years back, probably about three or four years, my niece showed me a game on her phone and it was actually Flappy Birds. Now, for those of you who don't know what Flappy Birds is, you're about to see what Flappy Birds is because they have created a website, flappybird.io. Uh, and if you do beat my score, then make sure that you screenshot it and then send it to me on Instagram. I'd like to see your score, but don't spend too much time. Anyway, back to my story. My young niece showed me how good she was at this game. So I started playing with it on her phone. Half an hour later, I was still playing on this game and she had such a high score. Now, I actually downloaded the game on my phone, was playing it for many months and I beat her score. And then I sent it to her and she was, it made her cry basically. Um, there's two things I learned from that. Um, one, don't download games on your phone. And two, don't think that you're going to beat me at a game. Because <laughs> I will obsess over it, figure it out and beat your ass. Okay. So please don't challenge me to games because you might beat me in the short run, but in the long run, you will lose. Anyway, something that I did find was flappybird.io. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give myself three lives and I'm going to see how well I do. And if you beat my score, of course, screenshot it and let me know. But as I said, they do have a, um, they do have a website for it. And um, I'm going to have three goes now, okay? So here we go. So you just press the space bar, and then you've got to time it right. Ah, oh, fuck! Okay, that's one, one, life, one life down, okay? Two more lives. Anyone's going to be able to beat my score on this. 
Jesus Christ. It's hard when you're streaming. There's a lag. Blame. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, this is not good. Come on. You're telling people how good you are at Flappy Birds and you can't even... You're live streaming it, Jay. The pressure's on. You can't take the pressure. I don't think my internet... Oh, no, no, no. I'm not having that one. I don't think my internet connection can take the uh, extreme graphics of this game. Fuck that! Anyway, ladies and gents, that's Flappy Birds, by the way. So if you, if you want to play that, and by all means, play that. Um, there we go, and we're back. So it's not going to be hard to beat my score. Give it a go. It is fun. It will take your mind off the pandemic period. And uh, yeah, I think anybody is going to beat my score on that. Um, I'm going to be going through these five stages of grief, ladies and gents. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go into a bit of a Q&A. So if you do have any questions, let me know in the comments and we'll get them up on the screen and we'll try our best to answer them. But as mentioned, you know, everybody has been going through different emotions throughout this year. I certainly have. Uh, lots of people that I've spoken to have. And you kind of get a feel for it online as well. So it's important to be aware of those things and understand that there is a perfectly normal cycle with these things. Something that I spoke about yesterday was actually the diet cycle. And uh, understanding that diet cycle can help with your progress, okay? It can help you understand better where you're going wrong with your diet and how you can make the steps to go right. And there is another kind of cycle or a stage when it comes to grief. And let's just uh, change that word grief with pandemic. And the five stages as documented by, this is essentially called the Kubler-Ross cycle. So of course we've got denial, we've got anger, we've got depression, we've got bargaining, and then we've got acceptance. And I'll kind of want to touch over each of them this morning to see if you can see whereabouts you are on this kind of uh, cycle or stage and how you can best cope when you inevitably do get to that stage or you currently are in that stage. So let's take denial. I think this is the first stage that we had in this pandemic period. We can't believe what's happening in 2020. The fact that you know, we're having to stay inside, the fact that businesses are closed, the fact that gyms are closed, that our whole life feels like it's been put on pause. When you're in this kind of state of shock, denial is basically a coping mechanism. Okay, so we don't want to believe that this is actually happening because we're not, at this moment in time, we're not capable of absorbing the future impact or the current impact of what happens. So, you know, for example, when you look at grief, when a loved one dies, you instantly go into denial because you just can't believe that this has happened. And it's exactly the same with this pandemic period. You're just in a complete kind of state of shock. And what happens usually with that denial stage is that you don't want to accept that things have happened. You go a little bit numb and you try and ignore the inevitable of what's going on by distracting yourself. So this is the first stage of anything and it helps us deal with that situation. We, and a lot of it is just not wanting to, you know, essentially accept that this has happened. But over time, we start to do that. We start to realize that actually going numb doesn't solve anything. A state of shock doesn't help with our progress and that we need to move on and deal with it. 
in the in the right way it's not ignoring that it hasn't happened it's understanding that it has happened and how do we push on going forward from then so once we get through that denial stage and for a lot of people you know there are some people who go through a denial stage and it takes a matter of days some people are still in a denial stage you know they're not willing to accept that this is happening they're they're numb, they haven't made any progress, and people go through different stages at different times. And that, I think that's very important to understand. So once we kind of get through that denial, which I assume this week, in the last couple of weeks, a lot of people have been in this kind of anger stage. And what you have to understand with anger is it's a necessary part of the healing process. Okay, You need to express that emotion somehow. If you build it up and hide it, it's going to come out in other ways. Okay, it comes into self-destructive patterns. You, you know, it comes down very, very negatively. But also, we have to understand is with, with any kind of anger, it contains underneath the anger a lot of different emotions which you might not be aware of. Essentially, a lot of anger comes down to fear, comes down to frustration. It comes down to impatience, wanting all of this to be over. It comes down to worry, what's going to happen? You know, are we going to be like this forever? And we end up getting angry. And, and the thing about anger is you've got to be really careful where you direct your anger to. Because if you are directing it to the wrong people and in the wrong ways, it's going to adversely affect you in the long run. So it's being able to understand that if people are being angry with you a lot of the time it isn't you and people do blow up very very easy at the moment so what is your response to that you know something i say all the time is you can't fight fire with fire you can't fight anger with anger if you're being you know the reason that we tend to be angry with others is that we want to show people that emotion that we're unhappy and what happens if somebody else gets angry at you and they get angry back, then they're showing you how unhappy they are. But that doesn't solve the problem because now you're just both angry. And a lot of people don't stop, think, and you know, feel what is the right thing to do in this situation. Not what, what, I, not what I want to do, but what I should do. And that is a very hard skill to practice. Incredibly hard, okay? It's not easy to do. And we all get angry. Um, I had a massive bust up with the missus this morning over underwear, okay? Exactly. So it's easy to do. It is very, very easy to do. And then when you realize you're doing it, you're like, I can't believe that we're getting in such a, a state over something so little, and when we look back at a lot of our anger states, we realize that a lot of it is over things that in the grander scheme of things don't matter. So when you are going through this natural stage, which you probably have been throughout this pandemic period in different places, be careful where you direct that. Understand that it's a natural process of it. So don't feel you know, bad that you are feeling angry because it's, an, you know, it's one of those stages. And... Uh, find the best ways to drive that anger into things and driving it into positive things can be a good thing such as exercise training nutrition uh, hobbies um, i would say your work 
I, I delve a lot of my anger into my work by producing things. Sometimes that can exhaust me. And I know a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, they, use, they channel that anger into their business. Their business succeeds, but it's not always the best channel of anger because you do get burnout from doing that. Um, something that I've learned from many, many years of doing that. Once we go through, ladies and gents, that anger, um, we kind of do get into that depression a lot of people don't want to talk about depression because there's many different types of depression. When you are depressed, doesn't mean that you are, you know, you suffer with depression. Everybody suffers with depression in different stages. You know, we get temporarily depressed for certain things. You know, um, if something changes, let's just say, for example, you've booked a really nice holiday and now you can't go this year, you're going to feel depressed. But to a lot of people, and I'm not talking about medical depression where you need, you know, you need medication to, to, for it to be solved and it's not your problem that you're depressed. It's obviously something you know, physiological and psychological. To the, to the normal, inverted commas, normal people of us, we do suffer bouts of depression. Um, and these states can go through periods of time. This can be weeks, sometimes can be months. And to some people, it can be years. But understanding that there is a percentage of people, and let's just say one thing that I am ignoring here and not saying is that, you know, if you are depressed, you just need to exercise and feel good and you'll feel better because, of course, there is um, stuff that requires medication. We're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, a depressive state which can be changed with the right habits and routines. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that if you want to improve something, you've got to be disciplined in the pursuit of changing it. A great example of this is Monday. Okay, this Monday I was in quite a, I would say quite a depressed state. You know, I had a really like kind of high anxiety weekend. We're in lockdown, not having much fun. Just got out of two weeks of self-isolation. Really want to do something, but not really doing anything because we're kind of stuck inside and the weather's turned and it's miserable. And I'm walking down the beach feeling like shit. And I'm like, what is the best thing that I can do now? Am I going to feel sorry for myself? Am I going to continue to feel like this? Or am I going to force myself to feel better? How do I do this? And uh, I uh, obviously showed it on my stories. I was like, right, what's the, what's the one thing that you don't want to do right now? I don't want to jump in the sea, but we're going to do that anyway. Okay, that's a given, Jamie. What's something else which you, that the first thing that comes to your mind now that you don't want to do? And to the right of me was a puddle. It was one of these little uh, tide puddles. And it was horrible. And I was just like, well, I'll tell you what, before you go in the sea... Why don't you crawl through that puddle? And of course, that sounds stupid, but at the same time, it's something I don't want to do and did it. So I did it, crawled through the puddle, felt great. Had a massive smile on my face after doing it because the cold shock uh, produces uh, an amazing amount of endorphins. Then I jumped in the sea, walked out the sea with a massive smile on my face and felt good. And it kind of makes me think, if I, I did not want to do either of these two things today because you know I was feeling down, yet I feel great now. So remember this feeling, Jamie, and remember to do it every day. And this is exactly the same with switching off social media at a certain time. You feel better because you're not absorbed in it. Um, going to bed early, getting a good night's sleep, eating healthfully, and most importantly, exercising. 
I've told you time and time again, students, I hate home workouts. I don't particularly enjoy them. The ones that I do enjoy are my live workouts. I do three times a week with my Train With J crew. Absolutely love that. But other than that, I, I find it a real struggle to work out at home. So for me, you know, I know that I don't want to do the home workouts. I have dumbbells. I've got a bench at home and it's forcing myself to do them. Because when I force myself to do them, after I finish, I feel great. So understand that when you are in a, a depressive state, you can do things to solve that state. You can do things to feel better. And you can do negative things to feel better. And you can do positive things to feel better. Some of the negative things that I was doing in lockdown 1.0, which were making me feel better, was drinking alcohol. Okay. After a stressful day, bottle of wine, solved it. Temporarily solved my unhappy state because I had something to look forward to at the end of the day. A glass of wine feels good, helps me relax, switches my brain off, all of these good things. But doing it every that turn from like Friday, Saturday to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to literally not being able to feel happy in the evenings if I didn't have that. And here's the thing. This is what I'm talking about between positive solutions and negative solutions. If I have a positive solution, as in I can't feel good until I do something that's beneficial, such as exercise, dipping in the sea, then that's probably a good thing to make yourself feel good because they're all positive things that if you exercise regularly you're going to look better you're going to feel better but if you drink regularly as often as you know you're, you're training and or, you know the the other positive things then it's going to have a negative effect and of course with exercise dangers in the dosage if you're training twice a day seven days a week of course that's going to have a negative effect because there is a law of diminishing returns and and of course somebody could argue well you know a glass of wine each night is not going to be bad I agree, but for somebody like me, it's not just a glass, you know, it's two glasses. Two glasses and a beer chaser, and oh, there's a gin. So that one glass does turn into maybe three or four um, over time. Um, and bad things done consistently equate to bigger problems. So being aware of certain things such as that is important, which is why the end of August, I said, right, I'm not drinking any alcohol the rest of the year. And that, for me, is one of the biggest challenges, is not doing that. So think about the things that you can do positively to change a depressed state. And think of things that, although seem positive and make you feel better, can be negative, such as drinking alcohol too much and arguing online. The most pointless thing in the world, arguing online. If you are getting angry with people online, don't. Because you both are the same level of intelligence. Why? Because you both have access to time to waste and Google to get the answers and, to, and the time to respond. So don't bother. Waste of time. Complete waste of time. Uh, from depression, we've got bargaining. And you know, what I've put down here with regards to bargaining is questioning a lot to yourself. What's the point? So, uh, sorry, that's the depression. If only statements. So, a lot of people in that bargaining statement, they keep looking back and going, if only I did this, if only I did that, if only I did this, what if I did that? 
And a lot of it is that you're trying to find a new way and trying to pivot and change. And a lot of the time you're reflecting on the things that you didn't do. Instead of thinking of the things that you can do now and then looking at the small and steady steps to change. So when you are bargaining with yourself, just be aware that a lot of that is about you trying to accept the new normal, wanting to change and actually reflecting on the things that you should have done last year or the things that you should have done when this happened. It's already been done now. So there's no point in regretting things. There's no point in looking back and going, I wish I'd done this. What you should be focusing on is what you are going to do now. And I love that quote. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. And it's about understanding what you are going to do today to change that. So stop with the what if. Stop with the if only statements because you, we haven't got a flux capacitor and we can't go back in time. And then the final one, which takes a long time to get through it, is acceptance. Okay, acceptance. Now, what you have to understand with acceptance is it's not accepting um, that you're okay with the situation because no one is. No one gets to 2020 um, and goes through this and goes, oh, you know, I've accepted that this is the new normal. If you ask anyone, says, would you rather go back to the way things were? Everyone would say yes, but we can't do that. We can't go backwards. So although you're not okay with the way that the situation is, You've accepted that it's the way that it is right now. You've hopefully accepted that it's going to take a while to get through this. And it's taking small and steady paces to do it. Because it, is, it has come to a shock. Some people haven't dealt with it yet. Some people are still getting angry. And it's going to take a while to accept what has happened. But also, you know, something that... I started reading many years ago is Stoicism. One of the biggest things and the practices of Stoicism is to control what you can control, uh, control what you can control, and let go of things that you can't. You can't control what goes on in the world. Okay, you can't. You can only control how you deal with the situations that are prevent, uh, presented to you. And this is not an easy thing to do because it takes daily practice to be able to do it. But when it comes to this acceptance, accept that look, you know. If we could go back in time and, and I could have done this, 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 then I would have done, but I can't. So what do we do now? And it's making the best use of the time that we have. It's being patient, it's being persistent, and it's just being grateful because there are, as much as there are a lot of things that are out of our control, there are a lot of things that are within our control. And if you can progress this year and even look back and say that you've made a little bit of progression this year you've made massive steps forward because if you can see any signs of progress in 2020 then you are going to be setting yourself up to win for the next few years okay so ladies and gents that is the uh, stages of grief and i thought that was quite uh, interesting because uh, and one of the main th reasons that i found it interesting because you know, a grieving stage like that, of course, people go through when they lose a loved one or something dramatic happens. But I think this year, something dramatic has um, happened with everyone. Um, okay, so um, I'm going to get a couple of questions up. 
Uh, Gary just said a long one. Let me just uh, choose it down because it's massive. Um, Gary said, um, I said before, Jay, I suffer daily depression. I've done from the age of around 17 to 18. I'm now 32 and it wasn't for my missus nine years and children. I would be in a much worse place, uh, illness. And although I don't take medication as I choose not to, I think if you can find things to keep your mind busy and enjoy uh, the little things with your partner and children, I don't need to be on medication. Also now starting my own gaming channel and doing YouTubers gaming is a passion of mine that really does help uh, as it's something I really enjoy doing and making content for others to enjoy who are passionate about the same things as me. And Gary, that's fantastic to hear. Absolutely brilliant. And I think a lot of, things, a lot of ways that we can cope with things is uh, giving value to others. You know, one of the things that is difficult is something that I made as a commitment was to do my um, lockdown live every single day. And it is a commitment. There are days, very much like today, I was like, I've got to do the lockdown live. I've got to plan for it. I've got to go live. I've got to talk. I've got to have subjects. I've got to do things. Uh, It takes a lot of planning and preparation. Some of them are a bit more planned out. Some of them are less. But the commitment to me is... During lockdown, or at least to the 4th of December, I am going to do a daily live stream. And, you know, what it does is it pushes me, it challenges me. And, you know, the way that I look at it is it's bigger than me because I've made a commitment. And I love the quote, commitment is doing the thing that you said you'd do long after the mood in which you said it has passed. So although there are certain days in my head where I'm like, well, just, just do... You know, just change it today, just do it at lunchtime, uh, just maybe not do it today. All of these things go in your head, and it's exactly the same as a C dip. Just don't do a C dip today, just, just, just jog on. Just, it's a bit too windy today, it's a bit too wet. Um, and when you have that narrative coming to your head, it's about doing it. Um, and this is the new habit for me to force myself to get uncomfortable every single day. Julie, uh, one more question. Uh, love drinking at weekends but over lockdown I drunk every day uh, same here as it started to affect me badly getting nasty and having panic attacks gave it up the end of August it wasn't the right frame of mind to drink feel great now exactly the same Julie you know for me it's not saying I'm never going to drink again but it but for the rest of this year it's a no and although the temporary fix feels good the long-term effects are not, especially with regards to like anxiety on the weekends, loss of productivity, uh, and loss of physical health when you know drinking in excess. So for me, yes, it's been probably the most difficult thing I've done this year, but also I will look back and say it's probably the most beneficial too. So ladies and gents, that is it for me. Hopefully this was of value to you, and as always, make sure that you are keeping productive during this time. Make sure that although it's difficult, still exercise, look after yourself, control the things that you can, and try your best to let go of the things that you can't. I will be tuning in tomorrow and uh, hoping to get a few guests on this week, so I will let you know as soon as I do. Have a good day, and I'll speak to you soon. Adios. Amigos. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes.